0: Well, good morning, everyone. It is good to uh, see everybody today, and um, a happy, happy uh, wintry day to you. Um, I think that you've already noticed um, how many birthday cakes and flowers are <laughs> lining, the, <laughs> lining the area, so we just gotta give uh, several shout-outs. I mean, it's been a weekend and week of birthdays, okay? So we have our man Shane, who had a birthday this past week. <laughs> we had Uh, Miss, where is she? Miss Brooklyn? Where's Brookie? Brooklyn? (laughs) Okay. We had our very own
1: Krista Gillespie. And today, my baby girl, Mercy.
0: Anybody else have a birthday this past week? Where's Eliza? Where's Eliza? Eliza!
1: Who else? Yes, Beverly! <laughs> my goodness, who else? I'm just going to say it's my birthday! <laughs> okay, no, <laughs> it's great. Everybody join in. it's everybody. So,
0: this is great. Happy birthday to everybody. We love you. We are so um, thankful for each and every one of you and uh, celebrate. Uh, your gift, the gift that you are to each and every one of us. So uh, God bless you. So um, if I don't know you yet, my uh, name is Roland. I'm the uh, lead pastor here. And uh, what we've been doing is we've been going through a series called Miracles. Miracles, let him be known, where we are honestly trying to not only have head knowledge about God, but how many people know that the head knowledge leads to relating to the living God? Isn't that good? It's like the head knowledge leads to relating to the living God. And what we know is that our God is ultimately a God of miracles. Jesus was showing himself to be a God of miracles whenever he was uh, actually doing his earthly ministry in the New Testament. Obviously, he was moving in signs, wonders, and miracles that the er world might know and come to believe that he is the Son of God. And this same Jesus is the same Jesus that we serve today. How many people say amen to that? He's not a different God. He's not a different Lord. He's not, he doesn't have a, a different agenda or different purposes. The same purposes that he had in the New Testament scripture are the same purposes that he has today and that he wants to continue to fulfill through his people today. So we believe that God works miracles today by the power of the Holy Spirit to bless people and advance his kingdom. And so in 2023, we're believing God for miracles that will testify to his power and create new opportunities for the gospel to advance. And so what we've been doing is we've been going through the seven miracles, the seven signs as they were represented in the gospel of John, and they were telling us different things about Jesus and what we can expect of him. And so our focus statement today is this, that God's miraculous salvation through Jesus is sufficient to, t- to satisfy the needs of all who hunger for God and righteousness, even as his miracle of multiplied fish and bread satisfied the hungry multitude. And how many people would say amen to that? Jesus' miracle of salvation is able to satisfy our hunger, our need for salvation, both righteousness and salvation, even as he was able to feed the hungry multitude. So let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your word to us today, and we thank you that you reveal to us who you are by this word. And we're asking you, in Jesus' name, to show us the gift of who you are, the gift of what you've done for us. Father, the miraculous power that you have to meet every need that we have in you And, God, we're asking you that if we've been stuck in any way, that, Father, you would release us by your Spirit today. That, God, you would give us faith through the preaching of your word, not just to um, approach you, but to receive from you. Because of not our goodness, but yours. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so let's start today in uh, John chapter 6. We're going to read verses 5 through 14, and then what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you some context that we're working with, and then we're going to uh, talk about some practical application for this particular passage, okay? So John chapter 6, starting in verse 5, lifting up his eyes then and seeing that a large crowd was coming toward him, Jesus said to Philip, where are we to buy bread so that these people may eat? He said this to test him, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered him, 200 denarii worth of bread would not be enough for each of them to get a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There is a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish, but what are they for so many? Jesus said, Have the people sit down. Now there was much grass in the place, So the men sat down, about 5,000 in number. Jesus then took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to those who were seated. So also the fish, as much as they wanted. And when they had eaten their fill, he told his disciples, gather up the leftover fragments that nothing may be lost. So they gathered them up and filled 12 baskets with fragments from the five barley loaves, "'left by those who had eaten. "'When the people saw the sign that he had done, "'they said, "'This indeed is the prophet who is to come into the world.'" And so what we see is that over and over again, Jesus is revealing himself and showing himself through the signs that he committed. Now, the, the interesting thing about this particular segment, I'm going to give you some context, is that this begins the I am statements that Jesus makes about himself. If you ever uh, uh, was, are familiar, if you're new to the uh, Bible, then the Old Testament, it was significant that the Israelites, one of the greatest miracles that they experienced was them being taken out of their slavery in Egypt into the promised land of modern day Israel and the thing about it is is that when Moses was leading them out he said who should I say sent me who should I say sent me and he God replied to Moses he said tell them the I am sent you the I am sent you, the one who's always existed, the one who has power to do whatever is needed to not only reveal himself, but show himself strong, to be, bring his people out of slavery and into the freedom of the life of God. Now, Jesus, whenever he was actually ministering, he actually made similar statements that the Jewish people of that time recognized that he was making an association between himself and the I am statements that were made in the Old Testament. One of the significant ones when, was when. Uh, they said, you know, listen, Jesus we're testing you in your ministry but he said to them, listen, before Abraham, the patriarch of the faith Father Abraham, the great 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 granddaddy of them all, before Abraham even was, I am And the Jews wanted to stone him because he was associating his identity with the living God who had actually delivered the Israelites into their freedom in the Old Testament. But what are some of those other I am statements that Jesus made? Well, there were at least seven, right? Just as we're talking about the seven miracles of Jesus in the John scripture, um, we'll also see that he made seven I am statements. He talked about in this particular scripture, if you continue to read on, Jesus said, I am the bread of life. He said, I am the bread of life. And those who hunger and they come to me, they won't hunger anymore, right? He actually said, I'm also the living water, right? So that whoever is thirsty, you can come to me and thirst no more. And isn't that good news? That we all have hungers and we all have needs. We have things that in our souls need to be satisfied and need to be met. And Jesus is ultimately saying, I'm the one who is the living bread. I'm the bread that came down from heaven. And I'm the one who can satisfy every hunger and every need. We won't go deep into this today, but he also talked about being the light of the world. He said, I am the light of the world in John eight twelve. He said, I am the gate for the sheep. He said, I am the good shepherd. He said, I am the resurrection. We'll eventually get to that, the resurrection and the life. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and nobody comes to the Father except through me. And he said, I am the true vine. I am the true vine that literally sustains the world. All of these are good news about Jesus, right? Whenever we come here in this particular setting, we're coming to worship him, but we're also coming to acknowledge that which he said about himself and say, God, I want to experience that which you've said about yourself. It's not enough that I have head knowledge about these things. I want to experience you as the bread of life. I want to experience you as a living water. I want to experience you as all that you said about yourself so that the truth of your gospel might actually be seen and might actually be known. And so in this particular instance, we see that God was working once again with his disciples to do that very thing. Now, this this miracle was the one miracle that was in all of the gospels. If you look at the synoptics, you see Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, even if you've not read them all before, you recognize this story. How many people recognize this story? Okay, even if I, even before I came to God, even before I was in the church, I recognized this story because it was in each and every one of them. And again, the purpose of it was to lead people to faith in Jesus, but it was also to show people a little bit more about who Jesus is and what we can do in terms of trusting him whenever we come to him. So, what kind of things can we learn from this story? Well, we see that ultimately there were at least three things that we could learn. Number one, that whenever Jesus deals with us, he deals with both an external and internal problem. Number one. Okay. Number two, when we come to Jesus, he actually allows us to see that our seed is going to be ultimately used and multiplied by him to work miracles. And then number three, that he wants gratitude and faith whenever we respond to him for him to be able to work miracles in and through our lives. Gratitude and faith. So let's start with the first one. The first thing is, is that when Jesus looked and saw that the large crowd had arrived, he said to Philip, where can we buy bread to feed these people? In verse five, where can we buy bread to feed these people? Now, how many of you have ever had to go to God because of an external problem? You had an external need. You needed something, particularly in your relationships, to be fixed, whether it be in your personal life, you know, with your romantic relationships, whether it be with your spouse, whether it be with your children, whether it be with your provision. It doesn't matter. What it was was an external problem, right? But the external problem, you, you went to Jesus and said, I don't see a solution for this. Anybody ever been there before? I don't see a solution for this. And Jesus, what we see from the scripture is he said, there's an external problem in, your, in the fallen world in which you live. You're always going to see external problems. Isn't that the truth? On behalf of yourself and others, there are going to be external problems because we live in a fallen world. But how Jesus responded in this moment was interesting. He said, where are we going to get enough bread to feed all these people? There are too many for what we feel like we have right now. And Jesus was asking this question according to the scripture to test them, to test them to reveal what was going on internally because he already had in mind what he was going to do. Isn't that good news? That God's never confused. God is never at a loss. God is never one who's like, listen, there's a problem here. Oh my gosh. I I guess in eternity past, I should have thought about this. How did we get here? What
1: are we going to do? What is the solution for this? How many people know God always has an answer? He always knows what he's going to do before the external problem even arises. And a lot of times, he will allow
0: the external problem to arise, not so that he fa- we find him to be
1: at a loss, but so that we can see, regardless of the problem, he's a miracle-working God who has solutions in mind. Who has solutions
0: in mind, no matter And let me say this again no matter what the external problem is, and no matter what the internal problem is.
1: Because sometimes the problems are external, sometimes the problems are internal. And either way, Jesus says, I have an answer for them both. I have an answer for them both. And so Jesus did what? He practically
0: had them sit down and said, Hey, listen, give me what you got. Give me what you got. Some of you have been like, listen, I'm at my wits end
1: with my spouse. I'm at my wits end with my child. I'm at my wits end in my own sanity, in my own peace of mind. I don't know what to do. And Jesus says, come to me, listen to what I'm saying, and understand that as I'm about to multiply these fish and these loaves, I will be your daily bread if you allow me to. I will be your daily bread, not one that literally you have once and then it's supposed to take you the rest of your lifetime. He said, I will be your daily bread. And if you are like me, I need daily bread. I'm thankful that we're done with the fasting. <laughs> it's over for now, <laughs> okay? Because I'm a person who needs daily bread, Amen. Amen. And it's sort of like, listen, man, the thing about
0: it is is that if you've tried to live off of what you used to have in God
1: or what you had in one point uh, in in time, a high moment that you had in God and found yourself lacking today, it's okay because you can come right back to him and know him as your daily bread. And in his presence, there is fullness of joy. And his right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. But when it's I leave that presence not that we don't go go where God is not God is on the present right we know that about God
0: but there's something about his presence that when we're acknowledging his presence things are different in our lives right When I'm going to him and getting his daily bread, whatever's going on externally can change and whatever's going on
1: internally can change too because Jesus has literally become for me a lifeline. Anybody else in here? Has become a lifeline because not just because of the external problems, but because of the internal ones as well. And Jesus, when
0: he says, come and sit down, what does he do? He takes the little that they have And if you feel like you're coming to Jesus with little, it's okay. He made an example of this with this young man. He said there was a young man who didn't have enough to feed the 5,000, but he did have two fish and five loaves. Big problem in the natural small solution, right? Big problem in the natural small solution. But when he took it to Jesus in faith, he said, Just let me use what you have. He supernaturally multiplied it to satisfy not only the needs of his disciples, but everyone who was there. And Jesus does that for us today. If you come to him and say, All I've got is a little faith, he can multiply what's going on in your life with provision. He can do it. That was provision in that instance, right? The people were just hungry. He can do it with what's going on in your soul. Anybody felt dry? Dry? He can multiply it and give you living water to actually live and actually come into the life of God today. He can multiply the relationships that you have if you just make little efforts, right? Anybody ever felt lonely in this world? He says, Come sit down and I will multiply what you have when you come to me. Why? Because what do I do? I set the lonely in family. I want you to look around real quick. Look around. See, these aren't just people in the seats, these aren't just people in the seats. These are people who God wants to multiply in terms of provision, even in your life, to be brothers, sisters, mothers, fathers, and help you get what you need both externally and internally in Christ. Jesus says, listen, the disciples who left everything to follow him, he said,
1: anyone, that means you, that means me, who's left, mother, mother, Father, brother, sister, houses and homes for my sake and the gospel won't fail to receive 100 times as much in
0: mothers, fathers, brothers, sisters. And with that persecution, as you stand on this word, and in the age to come eternal life. But have you thought about the practical things that God wants to multiply for you? When you actually choose to come to him, give him the little you have,
1: obey him, and see him meet every need that you have in him. Was the multiplication of the fish and the loaves the meeting of a practical need? You better believe it was. It was
0: a practical need. But so often we make God so esoteric that we don't go to him outside of the knowledge, head knowledge that we have of him. But he says, practically, come with the little that you have, make efforts, and I'll deal with both the external and the internal needs for you. Jesus is able to do that supernaturally and miraculously. Amen? It's good news to you, and that means in every season of life, wherever you go. These were, there was a, no obvious practical problem, but there was, again, a mindset problem. Now, when we talk about the boy and what he did, the question is, is will you offer your not enough to become a powerful seed? Will you offer your not enough to become a powerful seed like the little boy? Uh Uh-huh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's the answer, right? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, right?
0: (laughs) My question is, what's the seed for you? You know and you feel the need. The question is, what is the seed for you? Why don't you actually think about this? You know the need. What is the practical seed for you? What is the practical thing that you need to offer Jesus when you go home today and say, Jesus, it might not seem like much, but I'm giving it to you, and I know that if you touch it, if you breathe on it, then it could be multiplied. What is the practical seed that he has for you. I'm doing something a little different today. I want you to actually think about this. I'm going to stop I'm going to stop talking. I want you to prayerfully consider what the external and the internal need is that you have. And it might not just be for you. It might be for somebody that you know and love. It might be for the world around you that's in desperate need of Jesus and his miraculous touch. Can anybody in here think of someone with an internal and an external need? Anyone in here? When is the last time that you thought about being part of the practical solution giving something to Jesus so that he could multiply it and meet that external and internal need. And if it's been a while, think and pray now. Let's take a moment. Because ultimately, whenever Jesus supernaturally meets that need, we see that the end of the scripture is able to come to pass. Then, when they saw the sign, when they saw the sign, they believed that Jesus was the actual son of God. Close your eyes and just focus on God. Online, I'm asking you to do the same. <coughs> people online what is it that I need to come to God with what's the little that he's given me to use that he can multiply to supernaturally change my situation feed my need and with that seed bring glory to God Close your eyes. Keep focusing on God. I'm just going to continue to wash you with some of the things that Jesus revealed about himself through the book of John because this is all about him opening up his chest and revealing who he is. We already talked about the wedding at Cana where Jesus showed himself to be generous. His miracle there. Then you continue in John and you get to the clearing of the temple and Jesus calls himself the God of the temple, the God of our worship. We see his interaction with a man named Nicodemus, and we see that Jesus is not just a rabbi, meaning a good teacher, but he's the one who brings new birth. I'm giving you categories of things to think of, both externally and internally for people. We see him speaking to the woman at the well, And Jesus is described as the living water. We see Jesus healing on the Sabbath. And we see that whenever they came to Jesus, that Jesus and the Father were one. We see him here feeding the 5,000. Again, as we've mentioned, seeing that Jesus is literally the bread of life. We see the feast stories. Seeing that Jesus is the light of the world and we'll eventually get to this, but we see him raising Lazarus from the dead, showing that Jesus offers his life for the world. What is the internal or external need? And what is the seed that you can give so that Jesus multiplies it and meets that need? Keep your head bound. Anybody have ideas coming to your mind? Okay. He says that we don't want to just be hearers of the word, but we also want to be doers of the word. The next thing I'm asking you is to see both the external and the internal need and to ask the Lord, over the course of this week what am I going to do to put it in the hands of Jesus and let him multiply it so that he might reveal who he is ask the Holy Spirit what do you want me to do not just what you have in your mind what you want to do But ask the Holy Spirit, what do you want me to do? How many people feel like there might be something he's whispering to you? See, this is an exercise in how we approach God, not only in the Word, but also in prayer. Taking what we read on these pages celebrating that which God has already done but then bringing practical application to it in our daily lives this is one of those stories that if, as soon as you hear Jesus he- feeding the 5,000 it could be easy to check out right how many times have I heard it how many times have I read it how many times have I talked about it Without him, giving him permission and actually allowing God, the Holy Spirit, to speak to me to ask, what do I have? What is the bread? What are the fish that I have? How is he going to multiply to meet that need? As we continue to focus on God, the last point is that Gratitude is ultimately an act of faith as well. Gratitude is an act of faith. It said, then Jesus took the bread and having given thanks, He gave it to those who were seated. He did the same with the fish, and all ate as much as they wanted. So sometimes before you will even give God something to work, um, God something to work with, You've got to have a heart of gratitude to identify what he's already given you. Isn't that the truth? It's sort of like some of us are so bound up with what we don't have that we're embittered to those who have more or we're embittered towards God because we think we don't have what we need. But God's saying, listen, the way that I'm going to work a miracle is if you understand what I've already given you and have some gratitude for it. Jesus was given the fish and the loaves, he gave thanks, and then he multiplied it. He multiplied it. And sometimes what will enable us to see Jesus multiply what we've been given is allowing him to have thanks given to him for what he's already given us. And then you can use it appropriately. I want to go back to the idea of relationship. How often, how often have we drowned in a sea of loneliness when there were physical bodies all around us? Anybody know what I'm talking about? There is a loneliness epidemic in our generation. A loneliness epidemic. And they always say, don't drown in a sea of lifeguards. Right? Don't drown in a sea of lifeguards. But the thing about it is, is that to be able to swim, you can't always choose that which is going to save you. Do you understand what I mean by that? Meaning that sometimes the very provision of God is not who you would have chosen for yourself. I'll say it again. Sometimes the very provision of God is not who or what you would have chosen for yourself. But it is exactly what God has for you to deal with both the internal and external issues. And my encouragement to you, each and every one of you today, is to look around And it may seem like little to you, but look at the provision of God and allow Him to multiply for you the very, (coughs) sorry, multiply for you what you need internally and externally in your life. trying to get real practical for when you leave this place don't want you just showing up week after week listening to something and then good worship good word bro what we talk about I don't know but you sure were loud. And I got excited because you were loud. You were excited, I was excited. (laughs) Come on now, you know what I'm talking about. (laughs) I don't even know what he said, but I was just like energized until I went back into my real life. And then I had nothing to work with. Don't want that to be that way for anybody in here. So taking the time. This is a a labor of love for me (laughs) to get slow and get quiet so that you can meet Jesus with your real internal and external need and know how to deal with it. And the last exhortation that I have for you is if you have a need today, whether internally or externally, that you've not shared with somebody, you've tried to fight it, You've tried to win the battle, but it seemed like too much for you. Anybody ever been there before? (laughs) I can't levitate. That's the only reason that we're not all, all in, okay? But this is a place where you can have those needs met. And meet the God of our salvation. Because when Jesus performs miracles, he's showing he's sufficient to provide in every way that his people have need. Amen? So, this is what I'm going to ask us to do. We're ending. As we were talking about last week, if there's sin in your life that has been the thing that needs to be let go of, so that you can actually meet Jesus at the cross and approach him with confidence. As we go into communion, let this be the day. Let this be the day. Whether it be drunkenness, whether it be sexual immorality, whether it be gossiping, slandering, lying, stealing, it doesn't matter. Whatever it is, come to Jesus today. You see, what he said in that scripture is that everyone ate until they were satisfied. Did everybody see that? So the only thing that's stopping (coughs) Jesus from working a miracle is our own desire. Do, Do you see that? He said he multiplied the fish and the loaves until, and everyone ate until they had their fill, which means that Jesus is not going to force feed you. Does everybody understand that? relationally his word remains the same but he will not force feed you he said he will multiply things until you have your fill but he calls again and again come come and if it's sin you need to put down put it down at the cross today be washed be cleansed be forgiven if you've just been religious and haven't known him as the living God be made new today repenting of your sin and being born again, actually having him renew you by the Holy Spirit because of his sinless life, his death at the cross and his resurrection from the dead, which has power to change you. And if it's simply a need, whether it be for yourself or others, don't leave here without engaging him and others today to meet that need. Amen. Let's be the family of God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word to us today. God, we thank you that you've given it to us, that you might actually work in your miracle power on our behalves. God, we know that there are both an internal and external need that we have that only you can meet and only you can supply. And God, we're asking that today faith would arise in this place. Father, for people mentally, for people emotionally, for people physically, for people relationally, God, in every way, that God, you would be a miracle-working God. And that as you work a miracle, a practical miracle, on behalf of the needs of those who need you so desperately, we all need you so desperately. God, we pray that we would leave this place not able to go through another moment like that without turning to you the bread of life, without turning to you for our daily bread, without turning to you to be the living water, without turning to you to actually being the one who actually supplies for every internal and external thing that we have in Christ Jesus. God, supernaturally break through on behalf of those you love. In Jesus' name, amen.
2: worship as we reflect on the message um, yeah let's just continue to seek the Lord praise the Lord search within our hearts surrender our hearts and continue to reflect on just laying our lives down um, before Jesus Where your blood
0: again before we go into uh, communion this is one of those times where you might have a little you might have a little strength in you you might have a little vigor in you but some of you need to learn to worship your way out of your issues. Some of you need to learn to worship your way out of your prison. And some of you need to learn to worship your way out of your problems. You see, God says that he
1: inhabits the praises of his people. And so it's one thing to be in an environment like this where people around you are giving praise to God and magnifying his name. But the little that you can ha- that you have can be just too off of your own lips. Give some glory to God. Off of your own lips, open your mouth and declare his goodness. Off, I, I can't think of a better song than this. Lead me to the cross where my, where your soul poured out, God. Everything that I need was poured out so that I could make my way to you, God. And if you have little up until this moment, I'm pleading with you. Open your mouth and give glory to God. Because when you magnify him, your problems begin to diminish. When you magnify him, your issues become so much smaller in your mind, in your heart, and he breaks out by his spirit on behalf of your life. You need to learn to worship, not being so concerned about the man or the woman who's on your right or on your left. It doesn't matter if we're singing hymns. It doesn't matter if we're singing contemporary songs, as long as it's gospel-centered and it is true give god glory that's the little you have in this moment open your mouth and magnify the lord with me let us exalt his name together that's what the psalm says right he's talking to a people saying let us magnify the name of the lord together and when we do so god can work miracles and so if you've never opened your mouth in song before Give him a little today. Be like that little boy with the fish and the loaves. Be like that little boy. There are words for you on the screen. Don't worry about the man or the woman on your right or on your left. Don't be so prideful. Think about the living God who wants to set you free. He doesn't care how you sound. You understand that? He says, make a joyful noise to the Lord. Make a joyful noise to the Lord. And he does me noise. And so don't worry about offending somebody because you're off key. God will receive that worship. And God will meet you there. And God will set you free. So I'm asking us to go back into this song and let's give God the little we've got. And you can, I'm telling you, when you begin to worship, you begin to feel the shackles come off. You begin to feel the oppression leave and flee. Because the Bible says where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And if you need liberty, then worship. Worship with all your heart. Worship with all your mind. Worship with all your strength. Worship with all your soul. And God can meet you there. Amen? Let's go back in.
2: Lead me to the cross.
3: of God that is what communion is it is going to the cross when I got up this morning it was one of those days where I just took my feet put them outside of the bed and the first thing that came to mind was the words of Jesus he said apart from me you can do nothing do you know that surrender is an act of faith Surrender is an act of worship saying God if you don't come through today if you do not put air in my lungs, if you do not pump my heart, I can do nothing. When we lift our voice, as Pastor Ron was saying, I'm not going to harp on this too much, but who put that air in your lungs? That is why worship is an act of saying, I can't even do this without you, God. And so we're going to remember that today as we all come together to remember who made that life possible. And so if you have your communion cup, Lord Jesus, we stand before you in this holy moment and say, apart from you, we can do nothing. And Jesus, we remember your words where you told the disciples when they were asking, what is the work that God requires? And you said to believe in the one in whom he has sent. This is the only work that God has required. And so, Lord Jesus, we say, with your help, Holy Spirit, we can believe. With your help, we can break this bread in remembrance of you, and we can receive the healing for our minds, the healing for our bodies, the healing for our souls, because by your stripes, by your breaking, we are healed. And so, church, as you remember the broken body of the Lord Jesus, you can take of the bread today. And Lord Jesus, we remember today too your holy, precious word that said that you would come, that you would live that life that we could not live, and that your blood would be poured out to set into place the eternal covenant that is by your blood for the forgiveness of sins. Lord, we pray right now that you would cast out fear, fear of being shamed, fear of being rejected, fear of being forgotten, fear of being abandoned on that day when we stand before you and have to give an account for our lives. I pray right now as we remember your precious blood that cleanses us, that removes the shame and fear that it would take effect in our lives, that we would live lives devoted to you by faith. And so as you remember the shed blood of the Lord Jesus today, you can take the juice. And Lord Jesus, we remember your promise that you would send your spirit and that your spirit would come on us with power to live that new life from the inside out with the fruits of righteousness, but also with the fruit of miracles that our hope would be not in the preaching of a man or the excitement of a man, as Rollins said, that rubs off on us, but would be on God intervening on our behalf. So as we go out of here today, just if you, by faith, you can join me in this. Lord, we say do miracles this week that people may know that Jesus is alive the miracle of preaching the gospel, the miracle of praying for healed bodies and healed minds and deliverance from oppression. Lord, we say do it today. In Jesus' name, amen.
2: Amen. So whether you have walked with Jesus your entire life or you just made the decision to follow Jesus, there is eternal joy to be had in a life of surrender to Jesus. So let's sing this song together as we go out. This cross I carry till I see Jesus. This cross I carry till I see Jesus This cross I carry till I see Jesus no turn.
3: Well, church, that is our service for today. Anybody encouraged? Yeah, your eyes lifted to our maker from where our help comes from. Yes. Well, Lord Jesus, have your way this week. Amen. Well, guys, we're going to be over here uh, to pray with you if you want to pray through anything. And um, please be sure to join a community group this week. We love you.